This is IFO Podcast Series, the official podcast from IFO Show, the one and only talk show about every IELTS that helps you to reach your dream. My name is Rosie Nguyen, and I am an author, a journalist, and a community developer. So I love writing, reading, and I have written three books already. And I have a lot of experiences and stories to share with the audience in IELTS Face Off. So see you guys in the studio. Yeah. So Rosie, you're in Hanoi right now, working on your new book. Yes. Um, what's the inspiration? You know, you've written many, many books, right, about youth. Um, how do you get inspiration for all of these books? Well, I think. Uh, each book of mine is a journey of uh, self-exploration and self-education. So, at a specific time, I just have some interest into some things like, you know, when I was younger, I was interested in traveling. So, I traveled to different countries around the world. So, that was the inspiration for my first book. And then after that, I moved on to youth development and self-education, and. Uh, that was the second book of mine, uh, which uh, has been voted as the bestseller book for the last two years. And then now I'm moving on to other things. And the work, the book that I'm working on right now is about community development and sustainable living. Wow, lady, you surely know how to keep yourself busy. Now, based on what you just said before, you seem to be. Uh Particularly interested in the millennials as well as right. the youth. Now, why, why, why this in particular? Well, because um, millennials and young people, of course, account for a large number, a large percentage of Vietnam's population. Right. So, uh, to me, if we don't care for hap for what is happening to young people, then you cannot keep up with what is happening in this country, and caring for young people is a way to care for the future and nurture, you know, hope or um, positive social changes. Yeah. And um, I've noticed one thing about um, one of your books. Uh, it's how much is youth worth, right? Yeah, right. Now, in this particular book, I, I can see a strong um, presence of the genre of self-help. Now. These days, a lot of influencers have actually stepped up to uh, voice up against, you know, self-help books, thinking that it sort of motivates people to be a bit um, self-righteous and a bit delusional about who they yeah. really are. What is your take on this? Do you agree with this particular statement? Well, yes, I can observe that nowadays there has been, a, you can say, a movement or something called uh, anti-self-help. But to me, it's not a very critical or rational way to think about books. Of course, you can see, you can find thousands, if not millions, of good and bad books in other genres as well, like um, historical fiction or science or romance, you name it. And so, it is certain that um, there are good and useful self-help books as well as misleading and. Uh, I would say nonsense ones, in, um, just like other genres. So I think it is about the, the way that the authors write the book and also about how we choose books to read as well. So to me, I always do a little bit of research before I choose a book to read. For example, do the authors have the experiences and expertise in what they are, they are writing? Or 
uh, are they qualified to write about such topics? Or do they really pour their hearts into the craft of writing and write conscientiously for the benefit of the readers? Or do they just merely follow fame and, I can say, money? So uh, it's not about the problem of the type or the genre of the book. And also, as I said, it's also about how people choose to read books. I would say books are one kind of food, right? The food for your soul, the food for your mind. So for young readers, I always say to them, like, please choose your books wisely. Like, don't read the easy stuff because it wouldn't help you to grow. Uh, and um, one thing about self-help book is that um, many of the self-help books will not help you if you don't really apply what is suggested in the books. Mm -hmm. So after reading a book, it's about the, uh, the matter of uh, taking action. You know, fully capitalize on what you've written. Do you have any tips for that? Uh, one of my reading habits is that I keep um, reading as um, a daily habit. So uh, I usually choose to read two to three books at the same time. For example, I would read about uh, 50 pages of a non-fiction book today, and then tomorrow I will read um, 50, another 50 pages of a fiction book. So that way I will keep myself like balanced between uh, the reality and the imagination, or the practical stuff and the, I can say, romantic stuff. Um, then, for the people, for the readers that, um, that read my book, I think uh, because my books have a lot of um, experiences that I, that I had myself, so I would love to hear them um, try, hear them experience what I did, and then uh, let them see uh, how it can apply to their life. We're always faced with different challenges every day. I think, for example, one challenge that even myself I face is to be able to read 12 books in a year. And I know you read 50-something books yeah. in a year. Yes. I think that is, that is crazy. And I'm sure a lot of um, you know, our very hardworking audience would probably want to hear about how you managed to read so many books, because I have not yet been able to do so. First of all, because reading is one of my hobbies, and I find that um, reading gave me so much uh, inspiration and knowledge that I can apply to my own life. And uh, to keep up with my reading challenge every year, I have a, a reading um, tracker, or you can say a habit tracker. So um, I think that is one of my to-do lists um, every day. And um, one thing about reading that really, uh, that really is interesting to me is that um, we don't have many chances to quit, like to escape from the daily life uh, into another world, right? So when I read books, I can like um, explore the mind of another person. You read books, you travel, you uh, explore all aspects of, of life. Now, how do you juggle all of that? How do you sort of like manage to balance all of these uh, you know, activities of yours? To be honest, I don't think that I have lived uh, as productive as I wish. Because uh, if I uh, work more productively or if I write um, more effectively, I may have like five or six books already, but now just like three books uh, on my own and another two, like two other books that I co-author with other 
lot of people. Um, but in general, I think um, I usually have a big picture in my head about the person that I want to be in the future or what I want to accomplish in the future. So, for example, my biggest wish right now is write a popular fiction, uh, sorry, popular science book, something like a brief history of um, human, something like that. <laughs> so I have to really educate myself a lot and learn a lot during the process. So you may see me as a book author or a journalist or a traveler, but I think the only identity that I, I keep for myself is a lifelong learner. I really love to learn new things and I really love to explore new knowledge. So that's the motivation that keeps me going. I think one of the greatest challenges in terms of working with youth is, is really you know, how to inspire them to want to be a youth leader. Um, because I think everybody can be a leader and everybody can create change. Um, but sometimes maybe uh, the millennial, our generation, we're thinking a lot about, okay, you know, how, how do I establish a career? Or how do I find a job, right? And how do I graduate from, from university? Um, and, and I think those are, as important as they are, they're short term. I think the long term is how can youth really create change? And so I think one of the things that you guys actually spoke about, and, and I'm very interested in, to, in knowing, is what do you think makes a youth leader? Uh, like what are the qualities or what are the habits that can help somebody become a youth leader? And why are millennials so important? And why are you so passionate about millennials? I think that is also one of the problems with talented young people nowadays. Um, but I, most often I meet other young people who are very shy and, and who are still afraid to try. And as you say, like, they are too charm, right? So um, I think regarding leadership, self-leadership is the most difficult for me. So I try to walk the talk. I try to uh, lead by um, living as an example. So accepting to be on the IELTS face-off today is also one of my <laughs> challenges. And you know, when I received the invitation before, I was so nervous because um, recently there have been some vloggers or, or Facebook comments on, on the English of uh, the guests. So I was like, oh my God, my accent sucks and I'm not very good at English. So how can I present myself? But um, I told myself just, okay, Rosie, uh, you just show up and you do your best and just share your stories with other audience and just let them know that, okay, Rosie, is, um, her English is not that great, but she can achieve that much. So I can do much more better than that. So... I just, um, because of that belief, because of the confidence that, um, because of the, the, the trust in young people, the belief that if I can do this and other, then other can do this as well. So um, it motivates me to really present my best self and uh, strive to help other people. It's the right time for us to, to take questions from the audience. 
um, because audience can actually have a, a chance to ask our guests questions. But what you mentioned is fantastic. I do think people should have a lot more confidence in the unknown, right? A lot of times they're so scared. Um, and the more confidence we have in the unknown and the more trust we have in, the, in our own gift, that it will reveal itself as long as, you know, we work hard, as long as we're humble and as long as we're open-minded to learning. I think everything will eventually fall into place, right? Um, so maybe let's, let's see if one of our audience members is willing to take a leap of faith and be brave and ask our guests today some questions. I think we got two questions. Birger, I know traveling is a challenge. What is your inspiration? And can you uh, please share some tips what you prepare before starting a trip? Uh, thank you for the question. I think it's a, it's a great question and um, it's also a challenge for a woman to, to travel alone and uh, especially to the places that you don't know before. So I think uh, I'm a very careful and you can say serious person. <laughs> so uh, I often do a lot of research before I go traveling to a new place. For example, um, just five or six years before, uh, it was the first time when I traveled to my, Myanmar. Mm -hmm. And at that time, the, the country was a little bit close to the outside world. And my brother was really afraid for me. Like, he told me to be really uh, careful. So I read many books about the country before, and I got to know that uh, many of the Burmese people uh, are Buddhist, Buddhist, so um, it was a little bit of uh, comfort for me. And also, I planned my trip really well, like um, each day, what, where would I go, how would I do it, uh, what activities would I, would I take. So it will give me something to rely on, um, some beforehand information so that I can check when I go traveling. Um, but luckily, when I went to the country itself, the people were super friendly. Mm -hmm. And I, be, I, be, I even made um, friends with uh, some of the guys on the road. For example, when I was uh, traveling on a night bus, and then there, were, there was a guy sitting next to me, and he asked me, like, are you traveling alone? Then I said, <laughs> yes. And he told, are you scared? Somebody, uh, somebody may, may rape you or something. And I told, no. It, it didn't happen to me, but then he said, no, no, I have to be, you have to be very careful, so don't worry, I'll be with you, I'll protect you here. So then he talked with me, and then when I got off the bus, he just got off the bus also uh, together with me, and then he took another taxi for me to go from the bus to the airport. And then after that, he took another bus himself to the, to the destination that he had to go, so... I found so many helpful, so many friendly people like that along the way. And one of my experience is that you can just get very well prepared, but at the same time, just go for it. Just have the courage to explore the unknown. And then you can, say, you can see many other people who have very good hearts, uh, who are very friendly and just like, just like yourself. Rosie, I am your huge fan, and I knew that uh, you read 60 books last year. So my question is that, uh, how can you manage your time schedule to read books effectively? Thank you. 
Thank you for reading my books and thank you to be um, one of my fans. I'm really grateful for that. Uh, regarding reading books, I make it a, a habit, a hobby. So I would, um, I have to say that this is one of my secrets. I would wake up every day at 4 a.m. And then, wow. <laughs> and then I would uh, write a little bit and then read a little bit. And then I would finish most of the important tasks of the day before everybody goes to work. So that's one of the tips that I use to take advantage of the time and to be more productive. So I read a little bit every morning and then a little bit uh, at night before I, go, uh, before I go to bed. So thank you for the question. <laughs> All right, Rosie, thank you so much for, <laughs> for you coming so much, here Rosie. with us today. Thank you, too, for your support. Um, before we go, of course, uh, can you help our audience and help us share a couple of your own favorite idioms and your own favorite vocabulary with regards to reading, traveling, uh, you know, taking a big jump from, from, from your daily life? Um, well, the first vocabulary that I would choose is, um, you know, self-awareness. I think that is the key for yeah. Yeah, success in life. The second one would be lifelong learning because to me, learning doesn't stop when you graduate or when you have a job. Mm. Um, many people that I know, they just, get, they just get older and they don't grow anymore. So for me, that's, that's a very sad truth. So I want to keep learning. I want to inspire other young people to keep learning throughout their life and make learning as a lifelong career. And the third one, mm, I would say persistence or maybe grit, because I think grit is one of the most important qualities for a person to, uh, so, that they, uh, so that he or she can succeed or keep growing and learning throughout his or her life. Wonderful. Uh, thanks so much for, for sharing, and, and we always hope to have you back. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. This is IFO Podcast. You can follow IFO on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, or Twitter. If you haven't followed it yet, go to Spotify and follow. Thank you for listening.